Welcome back, everyone. This is Pause Points Podcast, episode five, and it has definitely been a while. Uh, I am Joe, as usual. That hasn't changed. I got Faith next to me. Hello. And Chad. Howdy. And we are coming to you from Podcast World, and we're going to bring you everything we can in the next hour, hour and a half, uh, catching up on a lot from the past couple weeks, obviously with the holiday recently and some... Uh, drama going on in the background, me specifically with TV. Uh, you will hear about that a little later, but uh, we just haven't been able to make a make a podcast, but we're doing it now. So how's everybody doing? It's been a while. Doing well. Yeah. A lot has happened in the past few weeks. Like what? Like I got a dog. That was <laughs> yeah, cool. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we have a pause points puppy now, I guess yes, you could say. A little so. Ahsoka. She's a beagle shepherd mix. Now, where did you get that name Ahsoka? I <laughs> she kind of has some cool coloring so she's got she's got like a darker coat with some white marks so I, she reminded me of Ahsoka Tano on the Clone Wars so that's her name yes. Ahsoka Tano my mom likes to call her Ahsoka Toa so anybody that knows trigonometry will know why she wants to see call I thought her that, that was an Indian from American history no Ahsoka Tona Toa is sine, sine. cosine. Tangent. Chad, help me out here. Isn't there? It, 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 is so Katoa is sine is the opposite over the adjacent. Hypotenuse. Am I S-O-H. thinking? Oh, it's S O H. Okay. Am I thinking of Sacagawea? Yes. Yeah. But Sokotoa is. I thought there was a Sokotoa too. Adjacent over the hypotenuse, and Toa is the t- its tangent is the opposite over the adjacent. Got it. Oh, my oh, mom which, would be so which, proud. Yes, which I learned from your mother <laughs> in um, true, junior true, yeah. trigonometry. There you so. go. Well, there should have been an American Indian named Sokotoa. Oh, it, it awesome easily name. could be an American well, Indian. Well, they make it a story it. that there was a Native American named Sokotoa, just so we will remember it. Okay, that's a that's a better way to remember it than math. Yeah. And so, there was also the saying, some old hippie came along hopping, tripping on acid. <laughs> that was the other one I learned from my students when I taught. <laughs> Yeah, your mom oh, never wow. taught So this is what your mom taught your No, no, no. <laughs> this is what my students taught me oh, okay. a little while ago. So. Well, yeah, so we did get a puppy that is, is laying at our feet peacefully right now when she's not pooping and peeing everywhere. But if you hear some chewing or gnawing in the background, I didn't go crazy and start chewing on her mic stands. Uh, that's probably her on her Although going to town on her bone. So speaking of trigonometry, diagonally, Diagon that Alley. That was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. So last weekend, about two weekends ago, finally made it back down to Orlando. And the highlight of my trip, this is my personal pause point of the week, was Diagon Alley, the expansion of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Now, now in all fairness, you say back down to Orlando. I don't think we've ever actually We said we explained. worked at Disney. Have we said we, yeah. we worked at Disney? Okay. So yeah, we used to go to old Harry Potter part one. Yes. And now we are on to the new one. And it was fantastic. Just highlights for me. If you like playing video games, you would appreciate the entrance to Diagon Alley. Really? You, there's not a big sign that says Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Enter here. Enter here. You have to discover the entrance. So yeah, you could just walk kind of by amazing. and not even know it was there. But then you're, you're thinking, oh, I think I probably should have passed it by now. And then you go back. And you notice just this kind of little cubby hole with bricks and you can walk in and around the bricks. And as you do that, it's like the first movie where the bricks kind of transform and separate. 
and you walk around, you hear that noise. Do and you remember that, Chad? In... Oh, definitely. So you and... remember there's like a, a row of apartments and they split apart and the bricks like come apart. No, that's not that. Maybe. That's not that one. I'm sorry, but that, but that's, but that's the the facade. That that's is one of the facades. Front of... Yes, that's movie five. Okay, well that's the facade that's in front of Diagon Alley. It's that's actually a hotel in front oh, of Diagon okay. Alley's hotel. Next to that is the row of houses. But it's it's, it, it's amazing because apparently there was a big sign up there at first. But Warner Brothers and J.K. and I actually asked. So the only signifier that it's anywhere nearby is that there is a lady in a cart that that's selling merchandise that is Harry Potter themed right outside the brick area. Actually, there's no Harry Potter theming outside other than the night bus. The only thing that is Harry Potter is the night bus. And then there's the little shrunken head. She had some stuff. She she? only had London merchandise. The only thing out there said London. There were a lot of Union Jacks and hats. But you you knew you were in the right area because the night bus. But I I asked her, I said, how many people do you have walk by? Ask you, where the heck is Harry Potter world? She's like everyone she's like no one's smart enough to figure out where it's at but But it's it's brilliant it's really smart they do not dumb this down for guests and that's something i feel like disney kind of leads you around and tells you where to go but this is Mm -hmm. truly an area of discovery and in the muggle world you would not see anything that said harry potter so outside it's all london themed the night bus makes sense because it is in the muggle world Mm -hmm. but then when you go through and you enter through the bricks it just opens up and it's so neat because it's not a line it's not a circle where you go on a trail you have to discover it and you look through every single corner there are back alleyways that that you would pass up and not even know about and And that's really cool to me and they're dark and it's interesting it pulls you in and you realize you're in nocturne alley and there it's very dark and mysterious and you kind of have to go around a corner before you see the entrance to morgan and burks i think is the name of the, Mm -hmm. the shop But another thing that's really interesting about it is just the theming in general. Everything is fantastic. She did such a great job in the books, theming all of the store names, all the merchandise, all of the food. So it was really easy for them to just say, okay, I'm going to pick this out. We're going to do these things. And you go to the candy shop and there's all the candy that they talk about. But what's interesting about this land, and I think they probably added this in the other side, but we didn't go to the other side. It's the fact that there are actual magic wands. So I got a wand a few years ago. It was not as magical as this new wand. Mm -hmm. Um, But you look around on the ground and there are little medallions on the ground telling you that it's a magical spot. So you can take these magic wands and wave them. It has to be in a certain pattern. Yeah. There are certain patterns that you can do for each thing. And you might start a rainstorm and there's this an umbrella that the rain will come down or you'll see some things move in the windows or you'll I saw a blacksmith cast- shop where a, a knight's armor was laying on the ground, but it must have had rods in the back of it that picked it back up and put it together when she, when you mag- magically waved your wand. Yeah, and so just as amazing. you're walking around, cool. people are casting spells just like they would in their real Diagon Alley. In areas they have to find. Yeah, so That's it's neat. and people are, have their wands out. So where else would you be able to? I mean, yeah, you sell a wand, you stick it on your mantle, and that's it. Like you have, but these people <laughs> are just carrying them around, just looking for these spots, actually and it using was, them. 
So much fun. It was so cool. That's great. And the new ride was fantastic. It had yeah. the dragon on top, and I have a really cool live photo on my Apple Watch. That she that I, shows everyone. I put it on my Apple Watch. It's like the fire-breathing dragon. I show people. <laughs> I do it like 10 times a day just for myself. This is the and, woman who said two months ago that I don't understand live photos. I don't get them. I, now I get them. <laughs> I totally get them. I was doing them all all over the place during the Diagon Alley. Are they just videos? <laughs> <laughs> so much more than videos. But some of the cooler things was the food. I really liked going to the, um, what was it? Leaky Cauldron. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Butterbeer was fantastic. But they had a How many Butterbeers did we have? Like We had three three (laughs) Butterbeers. But (laughs) we had Fishy Green Ale, which was this delicious minty cinnamony drink. But there were these little things, little like fish eggs in the bottom. And you sucked them up and they were like blueberries bursting in your mouth. It was just, the flavors were fantastic. And this other drink was the... Otter that? fizzy, yeah, otter's and it fizzy. was otter's fizzy, and it was orange juice, like carbonated orange juice, with a cinnamon sugar rim. So as mm. you drink it, again, the mixture of flavors that they create—it's not all in one drink. So even butter beer, they have the butter beer with the foam on top. So it's always combinations of flavors going through all of this food. So mm. welcome I was to, really welcome impressed. to Pause Points Foodcast. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. It no, it's okay. The, they. It's, it's so immersive and eat just around every little corner, just new things. They have a reoccurring theme with their drinks too. They all sound disgusting, even the descriptions, but they're all delicious. Every single one of them. Yeah. I, I'm never excited to try a new drink, but they're and always each good. One seems better than the last. Yeah. And the pumpkin fizz. I mean, and who would drink who pumpkin would drink juice pumpkin in the first juice, place? But it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. So that was my pause point for the past few weeks. I, I really enjoyed it and I encourage everyone to go. I will say I told I told Faith as we were walking out of there being, you know, the video game pause point aficionado on this podcast. I told her I wanted to talk about how it, it really I would not be surprised if some of the whatever Universal's version of Imagineers are that put this place together are gamers because it is definitely structured like a video game. You find this area, you walk into it, you have to explore all the corners to find all the trophies, and it's just, it doesn't hold your hand. Like, uh, even video games nowadays, people say, you know, when you do the tutorial, it just holds your hand and shows you everywhere to go. This doesn't do that. It treats your guests, or in in a game's case, the player, intelligently. And and Mm -hmm. it doesn't, reward you for being stupid and walking around Universal three times and not yeah. knowing where it is. It it really genuinely was intelligent. It was fun. And I feel like you could go there a couple more times and not not have found everything. And so. this is one area in an entire amusement Just park. One area, the yeah. only other thing we rode was Transformers and the Mummy. Yeah. And we spent the rest of our five hours just in Diagon Alley. Yeah. I would love to do that. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. So, and we didn't do the train, though. The train takes you over to the other Harry yeah, Potter world. you have to world. have the hopper pass. You have to have We didn't do that. Day, so. so we just did that. But so it's something to look cool forward too, to so. next time. Yeah. Very cool. So. All right. So, Chad, what is your pause point? So my pause point, and, and I know so I'll be brief with this because I know we're going to discuss it on a later episode once you guys have seen it. This but, has been uh, a big one for you, right? Yes, this was huge. This, this is like your this is like huge. your Captain America Civil War. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean seriously. Um and as our viewers will remember if you've looked at the website, you know, my thing is I say that there's nothing in life that I can't relate to the Simpsons, the Golden Girls, or Lyndon Johnson. Well, I had one of those moments because of course the the HBO TV movie All the Way starring Brian Cranston as Lyndon Johnson premiered a couple of weeks ago. Um, I actually was not able to see it the night that it premiered 
because I was doing something for my job, um, which was also very good, which I liked. But so I, I have been able to watch it now due to the, the beauty of on-demand programming. <laughs> and um, it was it was great. You know, I like I said, I love, love Lyndon Johnson and I love all the, the stuff about him. Um, and he's a fascinating creature because, I mean, he's it, Brian Cranston describes it in a, a special feature that he talked to one of his aides and said that Lyndon Johnson was 11 of the most interesting people he had ever met. And that's really true because <laughs> he's very generous and kind and mean and loving and hateful. I mean, there's all the, the kind of stuff. It's and a very Brian random Cranston, number that he has 11 people. Yes. Yeah, he's 11 <laughs> I people like that. one. And, and Brian Cranston did a fantastic job. I really hope he gets an Emmy for it. Um, it, it was based on the, the Robert Caro series of books. Um, and then also it was a, a Broadway play a couple of years ago, probably uh, three or four years ago now. And my friend and I actually went to New York and saw it on Broadway with Brian Cranston. We thought then that it was excellent. We thought that it was a great play. And the so Johnson- Brian Cranston was in the play also. Yeah, yeah, he was in the play as well. Was he? Did he play Lyndon Johnson in the play? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So this is just kind of making a movie version of the play he's already yeah, been in. Yeah. So he premiered it on Broadway. Wow. We thought then that he did an excellent job. The only criticism that we both had was that it was a little over the top on mm-hmm. Broadway. And Cranston's performance was a little over the top with it. I can sort of understand because doing it on stage is a little bit different in that regard. So, you know, I I see that there's some leeway there. And he still did a wonderful job with it. Uh, He even won a Tony for it, which was very deserving. So I was a little, uh, I was curious to see when they translated it to HBO, how they were going to do that. And they did tone him down. A, a bit. It, it made it much more realistic. Now, Lyndon Johnson himself is a pretty over-the-top character, so, I mean, it takes a lot to really go too far, but uh, Cranston did sort of tone it down. It was much more believable. It was pretty historically accurate, which, you know, that's always something that I... No spoilers. Just yeah, kind of look forward to <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. yeah, someone spoiled Titanic for me before right. I went to go see and, it. And it really covers a very brief period of time. It, it covers basically the time period from when he took office following the Kennedy assassination up until his own election. So it only covers a period of about, you know, a little over a year. But did a, he did a great job with it. It was a fantastic film. I really recommend it to anybody because it's it's very worth seeing. Uh, to put it sort of a light onto Lyndon Johnson, which, you know, a lot of people don't think a lot about him now. So I, I it was definitely good. I'm really anxious for you guys to see it. So we can discuss it in a little bit more detail. The one thing that I will say to to our listeners is a few years ago, they released a lot of his tapes. He was another one that he recorded telephone calls and conversations and, and things in the White House. Uh, not to the extent that Richard Nixon did it, but actually Johnson Johnson was the one who recommended to Nixon that he should continue that because he <laughs> said it was very important for his legacy. Good suggestion. <laughs> Yeah, he said, you should keep this going. So a few years ago, they released several of these tapes. And probably the most famous one is uh, Lyndon Johnson ordering pants from the from Joe Hager. He's the president of Hager Clothing. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. Did I play that one for you guys? No. No. Okay. It It's pretty famous because uh, it, it really captures Johnson well in that he was very – he loved the telephone. He loved technology. So calling to do these things was just what he did, but he's quite crude in it. 
and says some off-color things and belches in the middle of it and some things <laughs> like that. Um, That's great. And, and there was a couple of interviews around that time with Lady Bird, and I remember them asking her about uh, that particular tape, and she was like, oh, yes, the, the pants tape. Well, that, that was one of the grandchildren's favorites. So it's worth listening to because it's very funny. <laughs> so kids listen to it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids should probably wait a little. I was going to say, to, especially you know, his grandkids. Middle score up for this one, I would say. But I was, I was really happy because they were able to incorporate some things from the pants tape into the play. It was different. It was taken out of context, you know, so it wasn't just him talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. But they incorporated some of the lines from it, and then they kept that for the film, too. And that's, that's a couple cool. of the funnier moments with that. So, again, I, and I looked yesterday on HBO Go, and there's several extra features now with it, too. So there's a featurette, and there's some interviews and things along those lines that are extra stuff that you can watch, too. But like I said, I'm anxious for you guys to see it so we can talk about it in a little more detail. But I would really highly recommend it to our listeners. And I would love for listeners to give us some feedback or questions on it if they have seen it, because I would like to keep some of the discussion going with things. Well, maybe maybe we can do a quick uh, review for the next podcast if we all watch it by the time we have our next podcast. So I got to ask you, though. With all those things that that make up your your life, would your brain just explode if there was a Simpsons episode with the Golden Girls voicing a character and Lyndon B. Johnson in there as well? Yeah, I don't really know that I could <laughs> take that. I mean, it's just although I feel like you've come up with a really good idea now, <laughs> and, right? Yeah, somebody yeah. from the Simpsons is listening. Yeah, yeah. To make if this somebody happen. from the Simpsons is listening, they they should totally do this. You know, you know, they've you know done who a could make this happen? With former presidents. So you know who could make this happen? Probably Keanu. 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 If you're listening, I, I know yes, you know everyone from the Simpsons. Yeah, make this <laughs> thing happen. We'll you know we'll take creative credit for it, but you know you can you can you can take all the money. Yep. That, well, that maybe not would all the money. Blow my mind if they ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Joe, what's your pause point of the week? Uh, TV drama. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I was listening to the last podcast. I, I try to listen to these things to make sure we don't sound too ridiculously stupid. And and we don't. We don't. Okay. I think we actually sound kind of awesome. <laughs> you know, you can, listeners, you can let us know um, how awesome we sound. If you don't think we sound awesome, then just keep it to yourselves. But... Um, <laughs> The last podcast I actually said in the podcast when we were talking about the new PlayStation 4K or whatever they're going to call it, very seriously, I said, I don't I don't have a 4K TV. I don't need a 4K TV. I don't plan on getting one anytime soon. Uh, and then shortly after that, my TV broke. It died. I went through a bout of depression. Then I figured out it was actually covered under my credit card's warranty. Nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're we're to the wise out there. Anyone who has a anything that has broken outside of the warranty, if you purchased it on any major credit card, chances are you can get it covered. So just you know, there's Joe's tip of the week. Yeah, but like it extends the warranty by a year. It extends the yeah, extends the warranty oh, by a nice. year. Most yeah. major credit cards. So with that money and some extra stuff I've saved up with uh, Best Buy, I was able to get a TV. I'm not crazy about that TV, so I'm on my second TV. And either way, I've got a 4K TV now, so I'm trying to just... I'm very picky about my TVs. I'm just trying to get that to settle. I am very ready for this to be over. Mm -hmm. And a word that Joe does not use with me very often 
is patient. <laughs> and I have been extremely patient she over has. this entire process. She really has. Uh, so I we, we set up TV number two tonight, and I'm going to be messing with it later on tonight, probably through the night to yeah, try so to Joe tried to it. go away from Samsung and went with a Sony. Now this next one is back to Samsung. Yeah. So. Surprising, not so much. See, I was, I was a Sony fan for years. Yeah. I mean, I, I was all about Sony. And in fact, it's only been within the last what three four months that i finally got rid of the sony trinitron 19 inch color tv that i bought in 1994 and upgraded to an hd tv (laughs) uh but but changed from sony to samsung in the process yeah right and we we, we're a samsung household and this is the first one that's broken on me but uh i upgraded to a a nicer version i was able to afford a nicer version now you know tvs go down in price every year so the one i bought a year and a half ago i can get if you have the nice like wrap around one or whatever it is no those curved ones are a joke that's a gimmick don't get those if anybody wants to see something really funny watch michael bay's presentation of the samsung curve it'll be a great lesson in public speaking and what not to do okay just something to watch on youtube but in between all the tv drama what i'm actually paying attention to more than anything right now and i find myself binge watching i tried watching this show a long time ago and i got through the mini series event that kicked it off uh, and i think maybe an episode or two into the first season uh, I was told to watch this by several people. I just could not get into it. But now I have been able to get into uh, a show that is, is older. It's called Battlestar Galactica. And it is a remake of a 1970s show that my dad was actually a huge fan of um, back in the day. And it's heralded as one of the the best sci-fi series of recent memory uh, You know, in the past couple decades. And everyone just won't stop talking about it. Uh, it's actually getting pretty good. I'm in season three now, and uh, I'm kind of wow. blowing through it. So yeah, you are. I mean, they're short seasons. They're like 12, 13 episode seasons. So there's there's four seasons. I, I'm almost, I probably will be done by the time we do our next podcast. But I, I it's, it's kind of one of those things where I just wasn't into it the first time. I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. it. And now I went back and I said, all right, I'm going to give this another shot at random. And I've started just binge watching it like crazy. So it's, it's really good. If for those of you who haven't checked it out or it, it's got its own world, it's got its own setup. It even, even deals with religion in really interesting ways that, that, that tie into Greek mythology and uh, current views of Christianity and stuff as well. Usually I don't, I don't like those things because I, I feel like they they border on you know offending someone, but they they do it in a way that's that's interesting and not really offensive. So, cool. I try and make it my goal to offend at least one person every day. <laughs> that's so. why we have you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's transition over to our movies pause point. So, Chad, why don't you kick us off by telling us like what movies you've been watching recently? Well, I. You know, as I, I told you before, I go on sort of a hiat- hiatus after the Oscars for a while normally um, until I start coming back into some of the summer ones when I can work that in. But I actually did go to the movies last week. Um, really, I went on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend just because it was so darn hot. And my friend Sheila and I went to the movies because it was air conditioned and we wanted something to do. Is this the 1960s? (laughs) Exactly. It was like we just needed a cool place to go. Did it say AC inside outside of the theater? (laughs) (laughs) We'd gone to the community picnic 
and it was really really hot and so we're like okay let's let's just go do something else and went and saw the nice guys oh with, really yeah with russell crowe and it's gotten some good reviews yeah you know it was it, it's not one that i would go out of my way to see again but it was not bad i thought it was a pretty cute movie and they did a great job with the looking into the 70s kind of stuff and that era with everything i thought that placing it in its context they did good story was pretty interesting you know it it kept me entertained definitely and the two of them were just very good in it too so it's one that if you're looking for a fun little movie out there it's not meant to change the world by any means but it's good it was it was worth going to see i really kind of liked it um and it's it, it's where I got the the trailer that I put on the list here too that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So I was yeah, I don't know if we got to that point yet or not. But no, I just I just yeah, want to say that the it. nice guys. So you would if you had to score it one to ten, what would you what would you call it? Because you, you know, I would give it probably probably about a seven. Oh, that's not okay. bad actually. Okay. Yeah, six or seven in there because it was it was just it was a good film. Well, you it, said well you said it was cute, and that's how the girl describes the the, the guy that she doesn't want to date. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. why I've heard that so often. Yeah. <laughs> so how how much do they not want to date me when they use the words "cute as a button"? <laughs> oh, that's that's even worse. Because <laughs> I get that all the time. That's like hearing the words uh, "we need to talk." It's it's usually oh yeah bad. That, that so. never or ends well. You look fine. But it, it was. It, it, I would give it a six or a seven because, like I said, it it kept me entertained and clearly its purpose was not to go out and win Oscars and things. It was not one of those message movies or anything like that. But that's okay. Yeah, and it was so it was fine. It was it was really good for what it was. And again, I give it pretty high excuse me, high scoring for being able to place it in that era of the 70s and some of that kind of stuff. They did a really good job as far as set design, costumes, all of that kind of stuff. So Question, did it, it, it reminded me a oh, lot sorry. of Boogie Nights in the way that how the okay. look and feel if it was, except it wasn't porn. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't about the adult film industry. Okay. Right, it wasn't. That's it good. wasn't basically a pornographic movie about pornographic movies. <laughs> <laughs> this one was you know, much, much more friendly in that regard. Well, that's yeah. good. I always like Russell Crowe. Yeah, I think he's an easy actor to watch and perform. I don't feel uncomfortable when he. You know, some people are just hard to watch in a movie. I just don't think he is. I think he's yeah. pretty fun to watch. Sheila and I were talking about that on the way to the movies, that he doesn't necessarily seem like he's maybe the, the nicest person or, I don't know, I get an odd vibe from Russell Crowe, but he's a great actor and whatever you put him in, yeah, he does a good job. He, he's pretty He's pretty hard to watch some of his singing. And My mom movies. told me a story and I think he was filming a movie in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and in Pittsburgh, this guy was looking for a guitar. He was like in a guitar store. He was playing with some new guitars, just kind of wandering around. And he ended up going up to the counter and someone said, oh, this guy just bought you a guitar. And it was Russell Crowe just oh, wow. in a store watching this guy strum a guitar and just decided to buy it for him. I don't even no, think he stayed cool. around to know if he liked it or not. He just get that guy the guitar. So that's awesome. So I think he, really cool. he probably has, he might just not like being known or recognized everywhere he goes. But yeah. I think yeah, he could true. be a really nice guy. Hey, 
See what I did there? <laughs> I see um, that. All in right. Life, good for you. So. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, I have a question. Did it take place at all during Christmas? Uh, that, no. No, it, it really. I was trying to think of how, what the time period was that it went over. And no, I'm pretty sure it was, it was all summertime. Now, of course, it was in LA. So that's always kind of hard to tell. Well, but. the only reason I ask is because Shane Black was the director of this movie, and he is infamous for all of his movies taking place around Christmas. So he uh, he did some Lethal Weapon movies. He even recently did Iron Man three, and all of them take place around Christmas. So I just had to ask yeah, that. I but. don't don't think so. It seemed very summery to me. So. Okay, cool. Okay, and so uh, let's talk about the trailer you saw. Oh yeah, yeah. So th- this one, I was actually probably more excited for this than the actual movie once I saw it. Um, so we, it, this was on the beginning of the nice guys and in Michael Keaton's newly found what I'm thinking is his never ending quest now to get some sort of Academy award. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause he, you know, he went into hiding for what seemed like 20 years and now he's had this resurgence and I, I'm sort of getting on the bandwagon of, Oh, for God's sake, just give him one already. Like but the new Leo. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, somebody has to be the new Leo. You know, he's the Susan Lucci of the Oscars. No, yeah. but <laughs> um, but I saw the the trailer he's in for a movie coming out in August called The Founder, which is actually the story of Ray Kroc mm-hmm. and founding and takeoff of McDonald's. Yeah, I saw that trailer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was really really good. the The trailer held my interest very much. I've often thought, from a historical standpoint. The whole, the whole history behind Ray Kroc and the McDonald brothers and everything makes for a pretty good story. I've always been a little bit surprised there hadn't been something to this point. And so it looked good. It has great people in it. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see Nick Offerman is going to be in it playing one of the McDonald brothers. And, you know, I love him from the Parks and Rec days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he actually has my, my favorite line out of the entire series in Parks and Rec. Uh, but he looks very good in that, and Michael Keaton looks like he's you know, generally playing a pretty good Ray Kroc. So I'm very excited to see that come August. And it was one of those ones where I came back from the movie theater and immediately got online to see the extended trailer and to right. try and find out the information and stuff about it because it really piqued my interest. So it's definitely one that I want to see and, and put here on the broadcast at some point. Yeah. Cool. Uh, speaking of trailers, I think a trailer that pretty much the entire world saw in the past week or so was for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And it was a shot for shot remake of the trailer for the animated movie. Oh, was it really? really? Yeah, they actually had a side by side on Facebook or one of those of what happened. Um, so I didn't instead that. of him scratching off the his younger self picture it was kind of like a family portrait yeah. but pretty much everything was shot for shot the voiceovers were the same words the music, the music wow. it was an updated score but mm-hmm. it was the same um, piece of music so I thought that was a really interesting touch I didn't notice that when I watched it the first time but it was cool to see that they were paying homage so to this that. is this is Disney rolling on the the live action train that they've had going pretty mm-hmm. strongly like, do you do you agree with this do you think the whole movie is going to be shot for shot no i don't think it'll be shot for shot but i think that they want what everyone to know if it is i'm fine with that because i look i think that beauty and the beast is one of the best disney movies of oh, all yeah, time absolutely. it was right after the little mermaids so they were getting their footing again mm-hmm. and i think that the the 
it was the first piece of computer generated um, animation, I think, was the ballroom scene in oh, Beauty yes, and the right. Beast. Yeah, the chandelier. Yes, that's and so true. everybody was just because the sweeping of the the yeah. camera was it was huge. And it, at the time. It, it was, I mean, world famous for that mm-hmm. of being able to do that camera shot that came down from the top of the channel chandelier and mm-hmm. swooped around with what they did. And like you said, it was it was the first computer animation that was done then. And if you remember. From when it when it came out, and then the the VHS release of it, at the end of that scene, they're sort of dancing in silhouette. And when you go to the DVD now, the background and everything is filled in. They said that they only had enough computer power at that point to just get them to there where they were dancing in silhouette. Yeah. So then they filled it back in years later when the technology wow. improved. But uh, like you say, it was from a. I've always really appreciated it. It's probably my favorite Disney animated movie because I mean I love the story and I think the music is absolutely fantastic. But from the historical standpoint of what that meant in film history to be able to do that, Mm -hmm. and then of course being the first the first animated movie ever nominated for Best Picture, Mm -hmm. you stole it from me. I have yeah. very limited Oscar knowledge, Chad, and I was going to say that you stole it from me. <laughs> but I knew it was yeah. it was the first one to be nominated for a uh, first animated movie to be nominated for best picture and cause for them to actually start a best animated picture category, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I actually remember going to see that movie with my dad in Grafton at the Manus Theater. Really? That was the very first time hmm. I saw Beauty and the Beast, and oh. I loved it. I was just so taken away with it. And I can remember that year at the Oscars, how how big that was and everything. And I'm sure I distinctly... Celine performed. What's that? I'm sure Celine performed at the Oscars that year too. That was Taylor yes. Swift time. It, yeah. But really, that's not what stands out in my mind as that? much as because I believe it was the first film to ever have three songs nominated for best song as well. Oh, so right. what stands out in my mind is Jerry Orbach performing "Be Our Guest" live. Hmm. Nice. And as somebody, to me, I remember seeing him on some TV stuff then, and this was sort of before the Law and Order days and some of Mm -hmm. that, and I did not realize that he was an old Broadway song and dance guy. And so to see him, to see what for me was the animated candlestick, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's a real-life person and he's dancing around with all these folks and everything. I, I just really remember how neat that was. And then flashing forward several years to when we saw it on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we it, saw they, it in it, our senior year? Yes. I yeah. yeah, I think it was our senior year. And mm-hmm. it it translated very well to the stage. And the, the transition they, at the end with the beast. I still, I cannot tell you how they did that. I don't it either. Was, it was incredible. Hey, it was I can't right remember in front of us. This. He changed from a beast into a man. I, we, I watched the whole thing. I was right. I, I don't know. It was how like a magic did. show. It was like a magic yes. show. I I believe you, you sound magic like you're about to change night. it to a beast right now. Are you, <laughs> <laughs> you okay with yeah. it? But it's, it has it has had so many iterations, and I think Joe, probably what you're thinking about is the stage show at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It was a stage show for for a really long time there, and it was a great little twenty minute show seen, that they created. I've seen The Lion King on Broadway. Yes. Well, not on Broadway, but traveling. Yeah, but I'm I don't just think to, I don't Beauty think I've seen Beast. Beauty and the Beast. I've wanted to. Yeah, it was. But I haven't seen it. Never get a chance. Be our guest. The the play version of it on on Broadway. Just be our guest brought me to tears. 
Yeah. It was that good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was just openly weeping by the end, <laughs> although still mesmerized. Because I'm telling you, you should see it, Joe. Sometime. I mean, they will change him right in front of you. I mean, it is seriously some sort of but Harry Potter it's, it's magic. It's funny because on. I feel like I have seen that. You might have seen it on YouTube. I might have, but but that that rings a bell for me for some reason. So we are excited about Beauty and the Beast. I don't think it'll be shot for a shot because I don't know that it's a musical. I don't think it is. It's got to be. They they said that all the original songs are in it. Well, I think maybe the score, but I don't know if they're singing. I think they've said that the songs are. I think I read something where they said that the songs are. Well, we will see. I mean, they threw two songs in the Jungle Book and it felt out of place. I think it would feel very in place to have. I don't know, yeah, but Cinderella didn't have... I don't know if have... she can even sing. Well, who says it has to be her? Yeah, I know, but... Hermione, I... Hermione can sing. Hashtag Hermione can sing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but you know, now... If anybody's listening out there, I have often been told that if there's any touring companies going around, that with my particular figure, I would make a perfect Mrs. Potts. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see you as the clock if you I put a little mustache on you. Yeah. Oh, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I put a mustache yeah. on you, though. Yeah, um, yeah that'd so be kind of fun. Staying with the live-action Disney, The Little Mermaid is the latest rumor to be turned into a live-action because they, they laid out the whole thing. We talked about yeah. that on our last podcast, really? but The Little Mermaid. So that would be incredible to see that. Now, I would like to see The Little Mermaid. I think it would be really cool for them to do the underwater. One of the reasons one of our favorite video games has not been made into a movie is because the difficulty of doing underwater scenes, which was Mm -hmm. um, Bioshock. Um, But if you ever get a chance to see, to go to Florida, there's a place called Wikiwachi, and they are known for their live mermaids. It looks so corny. It is like 1950s corny. Elvis would there. The whole place is just set in this certain time. It's like a time stopped there. But there's this huge tank. It's a clear water spring that comes into it, and it's a sunken theater. And they have these girls audition from all over the world to be mermaids. And so it's their job to perform in this show. And they have the fins and they have a breathing tube. And they actually incorporate that into their dancing. They dance around with this breathing tube so they can breathe underwater. Really? It is so cool. So just I, I that's think, kind I think of my little I think the technology that's going to put together the Little Mermaid movie will probably be a little more advanced but than that, But if you though. want to go <laughs> see live mermaids, I think that's one of the few places you where, can see I'm a live Where in mermaid. Florida is this? It's on the West Coast coast area it's called wiki wachi it took me about two hours to get there from orlando okay i'm totally gonna have to look this up it sounds like fun it's it's a fun so but but chloe grace mortitz moritz mortitz mortitz i don't know how you say her last name anyways they're they're rumoring her to be (laughs) give me a weird look right now i'm not i if (laughs) they're rumoring her to be ariel i'm not a fan of this yeah they're 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 saying that she's in talks to be ariel so um yeah. So, anyways, meh. meh. Mo- moving on, we got we got more trailer stuff actually to to talk about uh, that's not really yeah, so Disney related. So, a trailer that I just saw today, just kind of waiting for us to start recording, was for the Space Between Us, and it looks kind of cool. It's about a boy. Who, Sounds like a Nicholas Sparks movie. But it's, it's like a Nicholas Sparks space movie. So these people take off. Oh, I've they're, seen they're this. going to inhabit. They're going to have a habit habitat on mars people were actually going to live there but on the way there they find out this lady's pregnant so she gives birth to the son and it's like the secret and he grows up on mars and then he really wants to visit earth 
So he comes back to Earth, but there's this whole thing about his body chemistry and is he able to live on Earth? And he's been like Skyping with this girl. Yeah, the so whole he kind of seeks her so. out, and there's this whole time thing. Like they have to get back in time. It kind of looks like a modern day flight of the navigator. I don't know. To me, it kind oh. of has that feel. Uh, but it looked really cool. I it was like it was it. unique looking. Yeah, yeah. It looks like, like it could be either really cool and something unique or it could mm-hmm. be just really corny yeah, it also it felt like it had the the time sensitive nature of et like you have to you have to get there in time to save this boy yeah. and you know how et like they're all kind yeah. of dying there at the end it so. is it is like a nicholas spark space movie though yeah, right? yeah. so i think that one's kind of fun. Like fun i like to see it you know so i hope that they fare this guy fares better than didn't that kid from flight of the navigator just get indicted for something he did actually yeah. <laughs> he robbed he a bank or something yeah, yeah. Thing. Well, sure. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I remember reading that and like, <laughs> like killed my world. I loved that movie as a kid. Yeah, and, it's and, a fantastic uh, film. And I'm like, well, well, there's another one gone. Yeah, he like tried <laughs> to rob a bank or something. <laughs> yeah, it it was something pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe he well, thought you know, the spaceship was coming back for him. He get away with it. Well, you know, our, our thoughts go out to you, Flight of the Navigator felon. Yep. <laughs> so keeping keeping the space uh, space trailers going. Uh, there has been, I posted this on our Facebook page the other day, there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of people who just hated the newest Star Trek trailer. For for those of you who don't know, or Chad, in your case, who probably don't care, um, <laughs> the, the two Star Trek movies that came out previously were both directed by J.J. Abrams, who recently directed The Force Awakens. Uh, everyone felt comfortable after the first Star Trek movie was a reboot that he did that, wow, this is one that's actually really good. It's in good hands. The second one wasn't as well received, but I liked it. I thought it was fine. Um, but the new director, I don't remember, I want to say James Wan. I don't know. I don't know. He he directed a Fast and Furious movie. He is directing the new Star Trek movie. And the first trailer that came out for it was panned all over the place for looking ridiculous. And there were motorcycles and there was a rock tune that went along with the trailer it didn't look star trekky at all like in name only so it looked like it was just pandering the young audience pretty much yeah and everyone thinks oh great it's star trek the fast and the furious and and i i have to admit it was a pretty terrible yeah. trailer but the new trailer but paramount better. actually held a fan press event a couple weeks back to reinvigorate people's interest in the in the in the movie uh, what's the guy's name who's help writing it? He's the funny guy. He plays Scotty. What's his name? For those of you listening that don't know, I, I know directors and actors and producers and movie history when it comes to people who actually make the movies. Like some sports fanatics know every coach's name and player's name and the stats for the players. There is some kind of curse. When we come on this podcast, I forget everything i just completely <laughs> blank out and can't remember this is the guy that shawn of the dead there's people yelling at us right now in their cars listening to this simon Pegg. simon Pegg. oh my gosh okay so he is helping write this and he even came out after that first trailer and was like that is not indicative of what this movie is like at all so paramount held this event uh apparently did very well especially with press and one of the things they de- debuted at the end of that event was the newest trailer we recently saw that. 
I, I'm definitely, my interest is definitely yeah, back. It looks, it, it looks much better. And one of my friends from Disney, Mike, if you're listening, we would love to hear your thoughts on the new trailer. Oh, yeah. And I'm hoping that we can get him on to give us his thoughts on the movie once it comes out. Because he is a huge Trek fan. And we were always Star Trek versus Star Wars. Well, it's and coming out this, sun, uh, yeah. this summer, right? So Yeah, so we'll definitely try to have him on the show to give us yep. his Mike expert opinion. Mike, your official invitation. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, and then and then the last trailer we're going to really talk about is one that probably Faith is more of an expert on than, than anyone else. I, yes, I like these movies, the but newest, you've read all the books. It's the newest Dan Brown movie turned, or book turned into movie, Inferno. Mm-hmm. And I actually... I really enjoyed the trailer for it. I don't know how to explain the book. It's it's a really interesting read. And you know how he always has his twist throughout the books? This one has a very different twist in the books than his previous ones like um, Da Vinci Code and all those other ones. And the last symbol, thank goodness, they're just skipping that whole book altogether in this movie franchise. Um, so it looked really good. It looked like the parts from the book. I actually started rereading the book on the trip to uh, Orlando just to kind of refresh my memory a little bit. So I am kind of excited about this one. I think it looks cool. I don't know if the audience is really there for it. I mean, is anybody really wanting another, the Robert Landon sagas continuing? I don't don't know. I'm kind of amazed that this is getting made. I I feel like it's being... I'm amazed that Tom Hanks is still making these. I mean, maybe he just really has a passion for Not just Tom Hanks, but Ron Howard. This is the third one of these movies he's directed. Number one, they're getting made. The Tom Hanks is attached and Ron Howard is attached. It's kind of amazing. Well, I mean, when's the last one come out? It's been years and years and years. It's been several years. Angels and Demons was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's been... Several years ago, but now. but they're good movies. Like I, yeah. I'm not. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't read the books at all. But they, they have almost. I don't want to say an Indiana Jones esque uh, vibe to them, but yeah. it kind of does. Oh no, I, mean, I think it's very similar to that. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. De- he's definitely less action oriented, but it, yeah, I've actually read every single Dan Brown book that's out there. So of course, it started with. Um, Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. I'm looking over here on my book, You're, you're having bookshelf. the curse hit you right yes. now. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> it started with Da Vinci Code. Kind of that was his big breakthrough. Right. Yeah. And it had, you know, the great moments and the twists. And it was a, a very big page turner. Controversial. Too. So I, I read that one. I think I then read Angels and Demons next. And then I went back to his older books. And it kind of got a little predictable as to what was going to happen in it. Just because it, it felt very formulaic. That mm-hmm. he, he kind of did the same kind of twists all the time. But like I said, Inferno has a really, a little bit more interesting twist in it. So I'm I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be fun. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. The next thing I kind of just wanted to give a shout out to Cleveland. I know we got that oh, yeah. little tiny moment in Civil War. Uh, but a new Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious 8, is actually filming some parts here in Cleveland. So right now. It's, right now. It's happening. It's been all over like my feed and everything. So really excited to see Cleveland highlighted in this movie and to get even more movies to come to Cleveland to have a real industry here. Yeah, obviously it's, it's, it's doubling as New York, I believe. But mm-hmm. I've heard reports that cars are flipping in the middle of downtown and being thrown off of parking garages and exploding and 
Is that different from a normal day? <clears throat> well, not during rush hour, maybe. But yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, especially around Dead Man's Curve. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's that'd it's, be an awesome scene right there because it <laughs> yeah. is a really cool turn. It is a really cool. It's it's and it's, it's right infamous. on the water. There's yeah. gonna be cool chases on the water. So yeah, so shout out to Cleveland. We of course did not make it in as extras, and even if we did, we couldn't talk about it. But we're we're gonna do yeah. it one of these days, and yeah. They just need to start moving the filming one month later, and right. then the whole teacher well, yeah, you could people it. could all start doing <laughs> it. <laughs> be so, a great addition. See, now we need to start pushing for them to come do some filming in Grafton. Yeah, yeah. We should have the the Grafton movie. We've got a new, a new branding for Grafton, West Virginia. If anybody's out there, check it out. Um, what's the website? Do you know the website? Is Isn't it? it- isn't it graftonwv.org? Yeah, I think it's graftonwv.org. We have a brand new branding. We have a wonderful lake. Everyone will have a new paint job after the insurance yeah. money kicks in. <laughs> really? Yeah, really we've, we've had that great hailstorm. Yeah. So. Hailstorm, size of golf balls, softballs. I mean, it was insane how much damage was done to this town. But thank goodness for insurance, everybody's going to get a new roof. It was labeled Grafton's a catastrophe gonna... area for insurance companies yeah. because they had to set up catastrophe centers because it, it affected crazy. so many people. We actually went somewhere and they're like, oh, you guys from Grafton? Because my parents had hail dings all over their car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, went through people's roofs. and Oh, yeah. yeah I have to get a new everything. roof. It was crazy. crazy. So, yeah. But Grafton's oh, yeah, going to so. look great. Yeah, so gonna Grafton's got to look wonderful. We're getting that new bridge downtown. Yep. You know, I mean, there's just there's all kinds of good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And and for everyone listening, just a reminder, Grafton, West Virginia is the birthplace of Mother's Day. And Absolutely. the International Mother's Day Shrine is available for filming. And we're we also the have home of a movie it, called Mother's Day, too, because yeah. it already came out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's try to let's try to blow through the rest of these movie points because we're, we're going on a little long in the tooth here. All right. Real quick. Transformers 5. It's <clears throat> happening. Anthony Hopkins is going to be in it. The title what? is The Last Night, <laughs> yes. which I'm sure Joe has a moment on there. And Josh Demel is returning. Yay, Josh Duhamel. There, there's rumor that Josh Duhamel is, is going to be the tie-in to G.I. Joe because now they're saying that, that G.I. Joe and Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are all going to share the same universe at some point in time because everyone's forcing that in there. But uh, Anthony Hopkins being in there, man, what a... What a get. What what a yeah. out of left yeah, field really. kind of deal. I'm trying to think. I feel like Anthony Hopkins has been in a Michael Bay movie, but he hasn't. He's been in a Jerry Bruckheimer produced movie. Mm. The one with Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, that again is escaping my mind. It was a funny about. action movie came out. But he was in Thor Ragnarok. So, or Thor. Is he in Thor Ragnarok? I don't know. I think it was called Bad Company. Yeah. But so he he's, wasn't Thor. he's yeah. no stranger to like a big movie franchise. Right. Yeah. Uh, another another really quick point, uh, as we predicted in our review, Cap uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, hit a billion without really even trying. Uh, they they blew through a billion. Now the question is, how far beyond a billion is it going to go worldwide? And it just overtook Deadpool as the number one movie. domestic yeah. movie. Yeah, so. Uh, good for Captain America, Civil War. They're just blowing it out of the water at the beginning of the summer. Yep, Rightfully so, so. Marvel's doing awesome. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. DC is not. No. <laughs> and this is the big thing I kind of want to talk about in the movie uh, the movie front. This is our uh, <laughs> a regular podcast talk about Zack Snyder and Batman vs. Superman and all things yeah. DC film universe or extended universe or whatever they're calling it now. They've got a new name for it. So... 
Chad, you've heard us talk from time to time about how we we think Zack Snyder should be kicked out of the Justice League film set. And oh yes, after yes. Batman versus Superman. Well, apparently, on top of everything else that's been happening, the one big last thing to happen, aside from director shakeup and and everything else, was that Zack Snyder was kind of being shoehorned into a Godfather type role that Kevin Feige holds with Marvel and actually does a really good job. Mm -hmm. He has since been taken out of that role kind of unofficially. Uh, And two people have been put into that, that, uh, that role. There's a, there's a gentleman who works directly with the DC film and Warner brothers film universe and Jeff Johns, who's huge into the comics uh, for DC. He's one of their, their quintessential writers for DC comics and has been for a long time. He's kind of their go-to guy. He's mm-hmm. more of a modern day, uh, Jack Kirby, like Marvel had Jack Kirby when they started up Marvel. Uh, he is, he is just kind of the dude. What's and, his name? Uh, Jeff Johns. He sounds like he should be a comic book hero. Yeah. Jeff Johns, Jeff Peter Jones. Parker. It kind of sounds like Martian Manhunter's yeah, name. Lex yeah. Luthor. But he is, he is, that. that's actually the best news I've heard come out of this for a long time because you have someone helming it that knows movies, you have someone helming the universe that knows the comic side of things. And as a team together, hopefully they can do half as good a job as Kevin Feige is, is doing over at Marvel and, uh, and hopefully turn this thing around for them. I know it's kind of last minute, 11th hour, uh, especially with Justice League, but... I think there's some I think there's some good stuff that they they could they could do with these two people now at the helm and hopefully they'll course correct whatever Zack Snyder's doing because he clearly <laughs> just doesn't get any of these characters so that's great news it makes me feel better so great Kate, you want to go over the box office report yeah so the box office news for this weekend uh, surprisingly I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles brought in the number one grossing. Number thirty five million. You know, good for them. Um, they overtook X Men Apocalypse already. I thought after one week it should have legs, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be carrying all over very well. X Men so did what made, 60, 70 million last weekend, so that's a pretty yeah. huge drop off. So it's down to twenty two million this past wow. weekend. And then the new release, Me Before You, with Khaleesi herself. I don't know her real name. Amelia <laughs> um, <laughs> Clark. Amelia Clark. Right. Yep. And the guy that played in. The Hunger Games. I don't know his name either, uh, but it made eighteen. <laughs> sound like why are these people doing a podcast? That guy from this place and that chick from this movie. And... Yeah, <laughs> it made eighteen million. It looked like a cute movie. It did. Um, it did okay. So now that's that's sad about X Men though, because Brian Singer is. is directing this. It is. He he is pretty much with Sam Raimi, the guy who heralded in the modern comic book movie era with mm-hmm. Spider-Man and the original X-Men movie. And maybe it's just time for him to step away from X-Men and do something yeah. new. He's And I think that he worked so hard to get over the bad press from X-Men 3, but he did the same thing again. What are you talking about? He didn't direct X-Men 3. Who did? No, but he was supposed to do X-Men 3, right? Right, and I was always like, oh, we're never going to get to see his X-Men yeah. 3. And he so, came back with Days of Future Past, and he exactly, killed it. Exactly, yeah, so. but now here it is. He's kind of done the same thing with his third movie that they did with the other X-Men movie. But just, the funny thing with this one is it's actually it's getting bad critic reviews, and it's getting really great normal people reviews, yeah, like word of mouth. It's surprising that it's still tanked so far from last yeah. week to this well, week. Well, it's still so. second place, so it's not... That bad, yeah, but. but another movie I just wanted to talk about that's kind of not even on the radar right now. Um, Thank Alice God. Through the Looking Glass 
is now performing a quarter of what the original Alice in Wonderland performed. So it's just, it didn't do well. It just didn't. I don't think the audience was there to see more of Alice in Wonderland. I know Johnny Depp seems to be box office gold, but it didn't do anything for me. It didn't look that exciting to me. No, it's such a weird movie, and, and I don't even know why they made a second one. No. Yeah. So. All right. I think that'll wrap up our movie pause point. Great. So on the television side, we've had a few shakeups going on. We also have some season finales happening. Crazy shakeups. Yeah. So the first one is one of my favorite shows from this season. Was these, these two things we could not have predicted. No. It's like we're living in opposite world when I heard this news. Exactly. So go ahead. So again, one of my favorite movies from last season was Limitless. TV shows. You said movies. Movies. Okay. (laughs) Favorite TV shows from last season was Limitless. I really liked the writing. I thought it was smart. I thought just the way they portrayed the story in every episode was different. Kept it unique from the movie. Animation and like stop motion just to create different character personas. It was really smart. Um, But Limitless has been canceled. It had a fight though. It had a fight because they were trying to move it to another network at first. Yeah. A la la Supergirl. Yeah. I will say, though, that Limitless had an ending. It was a pretty good tied up ending to that first season. So it's not like I'm wondering what's going on. There's still a little question mark. A little bit. It was obvious there's more stories to tell. Really? It's not not like a Gilligan's Island where you're wondering if they ever went home. No, it had had a finale. (laughs) I didn't know they never wrapped up Gilligan's Island. No, no. They they did what? Three, four seasons. They they did something like that. And they had been renewed and CBS rearranged its schedule and canceled Gunsmoke. But it turns out that Bill Paley, who was the, the chairman of CBS, his wife, it was her favorite program was Gunsmoke. So she made him leave it on. And then in return, they canceled Gilligan's Island. Oh my so they never had an ending. And so, you know, they just kind of left him there until the TV movie. Yeah. I mean, awesome. the Harlem Globetrotters made it there. So I'm pretty sure they can make it back to. Yeah, I think they were OK. Yeah, eventually. I think it was all right. so. <laughs> But yeah, I was kind of sad to see the end of Limitless. I thought it was a smart TV show. Um, on the other hand, a show that I thought was going to get canceled. We were hoping it was going to get canceled. Yeah, we were hoping. I just didn't really want to do any more was Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow got another season for some reason. And it wasn't even like, oh, this is its last and final season. This is just, It just no, got renewed just, out of the clear blue nowhere. Yeah, and it was really cool for a while, but then it just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. And then another show... That we just, were kind of... I just want to say, I would have much rather have seen a second season of Second Chance than oh, a yeah. fourth season of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. I think that they're invested now to get the 100 episodes. I think that's yeah, the so they can get their syndication back. Yeah. I think that's the only reason season. it's still going. I know. Exactly. Exactly. A season and a half. It would only season be next... Season five is where you hit... But it's mid-season. So they can they can do a Fringe. A Fringe only got 13 episodes in its final season, and it got its 100th episode. It ended <sighs> on its 100th episode. Gosh. Oh. It, this, anyway, this show started out so good. I just, I'm not. It did. Maybe it'll come back. Anymore. Okay. We'll, um, we'll but see. then another show that we were kind of worried about, I wasn't sure it was going to get a second season. It actually ended up getting renewed on another network. So, oh. same kind of deal. It's owned by CBS, but Supergirl went from CBS to CW, where it belongs. Let's be real. It should have been, been there in the first the place. Yeah. yeah. But CBS was trying to get its, its foot in the door at the superhero. TV shows that were finding some steam, but CW is kind of that's their thing. They they and 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 it was even 
They even did a crossover with Supergirl on CBS from the CW. Yeah, and, and we and we talked about how the guy who's the showrunner or the producer, Greg Bertlani for Flash and Arrow mm-hmm. and DC's Legends of Tomorrow, he's he's he was the one doing the same thing on the CBS side of things with Supergirl. So it really belonged over at CW anyways in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me, since we mentioned this, that shows crossing over to different networks seems to be becoming much more common. That used to almost never happen. Well, this is this is kind and, of a... And now it's... I mean, is, it's not a, a completely uncommon event. Well, this is kind of a huge thing. This is kind of a first, to be honest with you, especially coming from CBS, that, that it, it's a, a network used to such highly rated shows that, that, that ratings that any other cable channel would take in a heartbeat, they question whether or not to put them on the chopping block. So hopefully... Supergirl's viewer base will follow it to CW and become probably CW's highest rated TV show next season. Uh, but they're, of course, going to have mega crossovers now with Supergirl yeah. and But Arrow it's going to be hard Flash for them, and... though, because they set Supergirl in a parallel universe to the others. Yeah, they did. So yeah, I don't ooh. know. I don't really know how that crossover is really going to work out because it seemed like it was going to be a one-time thing. The Flash accidentally went so fast he crossed over in her universe. So we'll see how they kind of explain that away. There were a couple of season finales I just wanted to touch base on. I think I'm the only one here that watches Gotham. I think, Joe, you tried to watch Gotham the first season. Yeah, couldn't get into it. And you couldn't get into it. You said it. it's yeah. gotten better. So. Yeah, I mean, I think something that this show has going for it, it's not set in a different time period, but it mm-hmm. feels like it is. Like, they have cell phones, but they're not smartphones. So you can't look everything up immediately. Okay. A lot of the cars are older cars. I mean, it's like, you know, older Oldsmobiles and some of some vintage cars in there. So well, you don't that's really kinda know. That's kind of how the, mov- the old movies, the Tim Burton movies in the animated series. Exactly. Was as well. And timeless. I really appreciate it. it. It does have a very timeless feel to it. Even hairstyles. I mean, there's like bouffants and victory curls and things like that. So, oh, neat. Um, and it's very glossy. So it, it feels... I mean, it feels like it almost could be like a 1920s at times in the way they, they dress. So I, I appreciate the whole aesthetic. Batman's of been associated with that for a long time. Yeah. His timeless feel, but but bartering on the art deco kind of. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they've created a nice world. So the first season, the story, I think, wasn't great. They didn't have any of the classic villains other really than Penguin. But this season, what they have done is. They found a way to take these kind of quirky personas mm-hmm. that were created. So you've got the Riddler and Penguin and um, a few others. They took what they were and by incorporating Arkham Asylum and Dr. Hugo Strange into that, they've now gone into a much more comic booky feel to the characters. And I think they can go a lot more places. Sometimes I don't realize like, how into comics and things I am until I hear myself talk and I sound like totally nerdy right now. I'm completely <laughs> nerding out on some Batman stuff. And I know Joe's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really just, I think it's going in a good place. And I just watched the finale today. I kind of, I watched the last three episodes today and I was really into them. Like it finally got me into them at the end. So I'm liking where it's going. I'm excited to see more of that. And I enjoy the Bruce Wayne character more now than I did the first season as well. Oh, okay. 
All right, another show I want to talk about the finale of is The Blacklist. And I'm going to give a spoiler alert for this one. If you haven't seen the last episode, like one minute, you can come back to it. But The Blacklist, I was talking the last episode about how disappointed I was that they killed off the main character, Liz. Guess what? She's back in the final episode. It was a fake death. Yay. Okay, so I'm really happy about that. And um, it's going to be kind of hard to see where this one goes from now on. But they did bring in her father, which has been kind of a question mark over the past two episodes or past two seasons. So I think it'll be a really interesting next season coming up. And then the last one that Joe and I wanted to talk about was Grim. I was going to say, I thought we already talked about it and I had a stroke or something, but yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Grim. I love this show. It gets better and better every season. The writing is so smart. The characters are multi-layered. I just, I really love. Talked about it a hundred times. Yeah, I love Grimm, and it was a fantastic finale. Yeah, the season finale. Oh was my great. goodness! So many like little questions answered. More questions have arisen. I'm, I'm really. Excited and it's one of those it. shows that does a cliffhanger season finale, so it always oh, nice. keeps you wondering what's going on until. Yes. And you know, I'm, three months later or four months later, whatever I'm it is. I'm so happy it got renewed kind of a little bit early so we know that... Really early. So Yeah, so we know that it's not the end and we'll get some answers to what's coming up next. So That's great. And I then, always love a good cliffhanger for a season finale. That kind of keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get upset about it and I think it's harder now to have cliffhangers just because they renew so late. Yeah. In the, the season, you're just so worried whether or not it's going to continue on. And it's, it's almost like anxiety, the last four episodes. Mm-hmm. Are they or aren't they? So, well, I think now there's an easy solution to that. Because if, if they do that and something, you know, if they get canceled, well, then they'll just do a few more episodes and Netflix will just do it. Yeah. And I think that's you know? something that's happening <laughs> right bring now it all over there. <laughs> with Agent Carter, Haley Atwell is so desperately wanting them to do another season of not just her but the guy who plays howard stark too he's all about it so at least do like a wrap-up movie or something yeah they're trying to get something to at least cool i just at least want them to address the beginning of shield how she establishes shield yeah because they say she established but to your credit chad this there's there's a lot what i was saying is i wasn't trying to say what you were saying was wrong there has been a lot of talk and a lot of trying of taking shows and putting them on Netflix or Amazon or moving them mm-hmm. under the networks. But Supergirl is the first one to actually make that transition. Um, on regular network. On not regular like network. Netflix Yeah, or right. Amazon. No, Netflix and Amazon, they've picked up a lot of stuff. But I think Supergirl is the first major network-to-network move that, that I can think of that's happened. Readers well, I mean, I mean, readers. It's, it's happened in the past. <laughs> yeah. But it... Not often. Know, through the history of TV, it's happened. But it's been fairly rare. But it, yeah. We haven't... There haven't been a lot of shows that have jumped from network to network like that. At least in but the, the recent history. Yeah, right. yeah. And it seems like nowadays, because, you know, in the old days, too, when that happened, there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. If, an, if a show jumped from one network to another, and it was kind of a big deal. Now it seems like it's, not that it's commonplace, but that it's sort of becoming okay that nobody sees it as like a failure or anything well, bad no. or anything yeah, like and, that. And, if it and moves good for the shows. from this to that, or if it ends its run on network television and it picks up a season or two on Netflix or mm-hmm. things like that. It Clone just Wars seems like that. that's yeah. becoming our 
our norm with a lot of things now. And I think that's okay. I kind of like yeah. that. Yeah, and I think something that happened with Supergirl, I think the wrong network had it to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think it always belonged on the CW. And they're gonna, I think they got some big names yeah. by being on CBS. They had a higher budget for some of the special effects. So it might have helped them that first season to be on CBS. But I think it'll have a home on the CBS. Yeah, well, they're, they've already talked about having their budget cut. And they're probably going to have to move production from L.A. to Vancouver, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but you know, good for them. If they if if a show can pull that off nowadays, and they have outlets yeah, and like keep that, that going. Yeah. And again, she is just so cute. I, yeah, I love adorable. her as Supergirl yeah. so much. If, if 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 this environment would have existed back in the days of shows like Firefly and Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles, shows that have a huge geeky fan base that mm-hmm. wanted things to keep going, I think those shows would have lived on past their their first season. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. second season and, and, and found a home elsewhere. But unfortunately, that, that environment didn't exist then. So Yeah. I, and I'll look back to and see if I can find out over the years how many shows have ever jumped networks because I know that it hasn't been a lot. But if if any of our listeners are ever interested in some of these things, there's a wonderful book that was put out. and It was actually put out a, a number of times. They did several revisions. And it's called The Complete Directory to Primetime Network and Cable TV Shows by Tim Brooks and Earl Marsh. I think the last version of it came out probably about 10 years ago. They sort of stopped. They updated it about every four or five years for a long, long time, for a couple decades. They finally stopped doing it, I think, when the Internet just took over. It's so easy to look up stuff now on Wikipedia and everything. But they used to have several appendices in the books. And I remember one of them was shows that have aired on more than one network. And so they, they kind of kept track of a lot of those things. It's a huge encyclopedia of television, but it's pretty good. You know, at one point, they were the only people out there. They were possibly even looking at dividing it into two volumes because it was so large, but that they were beginning to feel that it was becoming obsolete what they were doing because the Internet was taking over for that. And I think clearly now that it has, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with mm-hmm. that. I wish that I wish that what they had was put into a website. Yeah, cuz their book is fantastic. I mm-hmm. I originally had a a copy of it that was my mom's from 1981 and then if I remember correctly, I think I bought four more updated editions of it over time through the 90s and the 2000s and it was great. But now unless it's something that I know that I need the book for, I mean, I'd just go to Wikipedia first, right? Mm-hmm. and it normally points me in the right direction. I'll have to get out my copy of that and see if I can find how many of those over time have done that. But I, like I said, I know it's not been that many, but if they can do that now and it's working for these shows and it's working for the networks, I think that's great. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll try to follow up with that maybe sometime this week after we air that we could do a Facebook post about yeah, that'd be good. switch networks. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. TV shows. TV shows, goodness gracious, movies. I'm, I'm all crazy. It's like waffles and pancakes yeah. with you. <laughs> I cannot keep them straight. I know she what they keeps, are. But I she keeps saying, come get your pancakes, and I'm having waffles. Or... Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Whatever, it's the same thing. Yeah, The Killing is Me, too. That's one that a friend of mine recommended, and it's it's another one that's Jump Networks. Let's talk about that. I want to hear this, because Faith yeah. has, a, a, I, has an opinion about The Killing. Yeah, so, okay. I, I just started watching it. A friend of mine told me that I needed to see it, that it was pretty good. And looked it up. I believe it was on AMC. It started on AMC because I watched the first season. I suffered through the first season of the. Yeah, I, and the I first, 
the first season was on AMC, and I believe maybe the second it got canceled. Then they re-upped it. It got canceled again, and then it it has moved over to Netflix. I was so I'm, happy when that move that show was yeah, canceled. Yeah, and I guess the fourth season was produced by Netflix. Okay, I've I've Four only seasons made in. It through. I've only made it through three episodes. Like I said, I I just started watching it a couple of days ago, and Stop. it's been it's been interesting <laughs> to me. It's one of these where I'm not totally into it yet, but I'm I'm giving it time because I like sort of the premise about it. It seems like a very dark murder she wrote. Um, it's like a serious Twin Peaks. Yes, because there's that course, whole murder mystery of Twin Peaks as well. Yeah. Oh, Twin Peaks was. That was another show. I don't Awful. know whether to say that it was ahead of its time or just not in the right time. It was it was very odd. I understand why it didn't do well for the 1990s. It may if it had aired today, it might have done better. Well, they are coming out with a new Twin Peaks. Oh, are they? Yeah, because yeah. Twin yeah. Peaks had two seasons, but it is actually coming back with all of the original characters. Oh, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So I'm I'm giving the killing a chance. Thus far, it, it's kept my interest. Um, I'm just waiting to see a little bit more about it. So maybe by the next time I'll have watched a few more episodes and we can discuss because it, it was interesting with some of the stuff. But I, I like the, the premise of it, although there's several characters in it that are driving me absolutely insane. Yeah, it, it doesn't really get much better. I, I It was just so such a bleak show. I'm like, uh-huh. why, why do I really want to keep watching this? It's just it's not. Yeah, it's not doing much for me, I guess. <laughs> So, a couple of our uh, favorite summer series are coming back. So, just looking forward to The Last Ship. If you haven't watched The Last Ship before, it's another great one. It's on TNT. And it's just a really cool premise, a good cast. It's a kind of more enclosed show. It's one of those shows that that we we started watching. It's a summer series. And... When it's good throughout, but when it has a good episode, it really has a good episode. Yeah. It's tense, it's action packed, it's very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when when it's good, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it's a really interesting premise for a show. I mean, it really there, is. There's no secret there's a virus that is released and it really decimates the pro- population. Yeah. But this one ship, this one army ship, is looking for the cure. And oh. that is kind of the premise for all of the seasons. You know, they kind of, it kind of goes off from there. But this one ship, this one U.S. Navy vessel. This last ship. This last ship <laughs> is the only hope for the world. And the stakes the have ones... never been higher. It's yeah. <laughs> one of our favorites. Yeah. So, and, and it's Michael Bay. It's it's a Michael Bay joint, a production. And most people actually associate Michael Bay with pretty brainless uh, stuff, but this this has got a lot of brains to it, so um, it's a very smart show too. Yeah, so. and another summer show that I'm excited to continue watching is American Ninja Warrior. It is just so cool to see what these people can do after they train. I mean, they train year round for American Ninja Warrior, and it just blows my mind all really? the time. But it's just a really fun, interesting show. I like to see the backstories of all of them. Have you ever seen American Ninja Warrior? I have not. Like, I mean, I the premise to me did not sound the least bit interesting, but maybe I'm just missing something. It's it's kind of like remember American Gladiators back in the nineties. It's more. It's oh yeah, no, I loved that. American Gladiators. Yeah, but it's like it's like American Gladiators, but you're not battling 
these gladiators are battling yourself. It's like just you versus all of these obstacles to go across. And they are crazy. I mean, what these people can do hanging from a one inch ledge with just their fingertips and how much strength it would take them. I would love to say that I could someday be an American Ninja Warrior, but I don't think that will ever happen. So I like to live vicariously through them. Maybe it's just the word ninja that... There's nothing to do with Yeah, there's no ninjas. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the word that sort of induces laughter to me and I'm or, or makes me think that it's not serious yeah like teenage I, I feel ninja like, turtles yeah, right yeah. right like i feel like if they had maybe a better name for it it might it's kinda, be it's kind of filling our olympic uh need right now like we love the olympics but it it has that type of competition feel yeah. to it well, and I'm people doing amazing and good things camaraderie. The yeah, yeah the olympics i tell you what because you you know me i am by no means a sports fan whatsoever but every two years, I will get glued Absolutely. to my TV for 10 Us days too. watching Bob Costas and the NBC sports crew do the Olympics. I I love yeah. every bit of it. Yeah, we should definitely cover some Olympics this oh, year. Because oh, yeah. I will be all about it. We, yep, we record I think everything. The Olympics is great. <laughs> yeah. What's so. your favorite to watch on the Olympics? Like favorite sport? Actually... By and large, I feel like I prefer watching the winter games because I feel like there's more. Yeah, me too. Even though I don't like winter stuff, there's more sports in there that I think are interesting, like bobsled and figure skating and a couple of those things. In summertime, I love watching the swimming. I think swimming and diving, I think, is really cool Mm -hmm. because I always just marvel at how fast they go with some of it. I'm trying to think of a couple of the now the track and field stuff doesn't have much interest to me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I like gymnastics. I oh, definitely gymnastics. That's fun to watch. Yeah, when you're running, especially marathon, that's a hard one to watch. I'm just like, oh yeah, we're, just, we're still running. Yep, yes, still they're running. still there. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah, I, I love the gymnastics stuff because they normally do some really cool things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, trying to think, I know that there's like a couple tennis. others. I like watching the tennis and the volleyball, beach volleyball. That's probably one of my favorite. Who doesn't love watching watch. beach volleyball? Yeah, I actually am not a fan of beach volleyball. Ironically, I, I, I get into the girls' gymnastic teams. that if, I just don't want to hear that same song over and over again. Oh, like gosh. Last Olympics. Home. <laughs> do you remember the last Olympics? I do. I'm it trying to think. Home. The- <clears throat> home was the song. And oh. every time the Olympic team was like, is that American Idol guy? Same thing <laughs> yeah. over and over and again. Oh, and well, we should really do something for the the opening ceremonies too, because that's oh yeah, that's be always great. one of my favorite parts. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to have a special pause. Yeah, points. where is it yeah, this year? Wait, it's Rio, Rio, right? Yeah, 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 Rio. So that'll be fun. I'm looking, and it's basically in our same time zone Which too. Is I believe really so. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so that works out well. You know when it's. When it's been some of the really odd ones, sometimes that's hard. Like that time it was in Australia. And, I mean, we got the news like two days after it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's because they're in the future, Chad. Yeah, and I I found myself looking at the app because it was the last one in Russia. Yeah. Was that the last yeah. one of the Winter Games? I found myself looking at the app, wanting to know the, and the, app the results, it. and it was always spoiling yeah. it. And yeah. so I'm happy that we will be in the same time. Yeah, so, so I try so, yeah. I try really hard not to do that. I like to see it. And it's, I love know, the suspense. The yeah, I love oh, the yeah. suspense of who's going to get it. Yeah, a lot of fun. So uh, the the last TV pause point we want to talk about is a trailer that actually came out this 
week? No, it was actually about two weeks ago. And uh, it's for something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, the new CBS take on MacGyver. <laughs> so I don't know the kid's name, but he's from uh, X-Men First Class, and I believe he's in Apocalypse as well. Uh, I can't remember, honestly, if he was in the last... I don't think he was in the last movie. Uh, the more he I think was, about it... Think oh, he was in it for a brief, hot second. Yeah. Yeah, he was He was in the military scene mm-hmm. uh, when they were in Vietnam or something like that. But anyways, uh, he's going to be playing MacGyver. I think he's a good cast. I, it's, it's got a very Scorpion-like vibe to it. So I think, I think that uh, CBS is trying to take advantage of that that fan base that that enjoys scorpion which is basically macgyver with five people uh so <laughs> yeah chad have you seen scorpion at all no no i haven't yeah it's a fun show it's a fun show it's it's ridiculously over the top so um i'm gonna i'm gonna hold my judgment on that one so but yeah that's that's it for for tv i believe unless you guys have anything else yeah so yeah, that'll bring us good. to video games video so Joe, games. You're it. this is all you so as far as video games go, I don't have too much. Uh, there's not been a lot of time to to keep up on on stuff with video games, all the stuff we've had going on, the holidays and everything. I will say that I'm in the middle of playing Uncharted in between swapping out TVs. So uh, it's gorgeous game. Uncharted 4. Chad, you saw 3. I, I showed it to you, mm-hmm. uh, the airplane sequence. This is, this is the Uncharted 4. It's for the PlayStation 4, the newest uh, iteration of it. It's also actually uh, the final chapter in in the saga it's it's called the thief's end and it's going to wrap up the whole storyline it's it, it's unbelievably cinematic uh just completely beautiful game it's probably it's being heralded as one of the most beautiful games anyone's ever seen on consoles really? uh, i'll have to show it to you the next time you're here but yeah just so much fun it's just a fun action uh you know kind of popcorn type of game it's it's just really good so i very excited to get settled on a tv and get back to that one uh, one of the things I did want to touch base on, I know people are out of a lot of people are infuriated about, is No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky has been delayed yet again, uh, so a lot of people are, are furious about that one. It's a huge, hugely mathematical open universe Ooh, game uh, because it's completely procedurally generated, which means it's randomly generated by a computer. Uh, oh. Different planets. Apparently, the math has been done. There are billions of planets to be explored. And uh, and it's just it, it I, it's being said that no one can really truly finish this game ever. So so it's like a wow. Skyrim type, so, thing. even more so because there there are planets you actually travel to and land on and explore, and there are different trees and plants and animals on each on each and every single uh, planet that you visit, and it's just it's kind of crazy. So. Uh, but that has been de- delayed. People have been looking forward to that one for a while, and it's actually been put together by a very small studio. So uh, it's probably why it's taken so long. Another thing to look out for, E3 is around the corner. Uh, so I, I'm excited to hear what's going to go on at E3. It is obviously a press-only event. They are sprinkling in some consumer things now. But uh, one of the, the games, one of the only things I really want to hear at E3 is when the next Red Dead Redemption is coming out, which it was... Uh, video games take on a spaghetti western and they did an amazing oh, job uh what were you gonna say chad i said that that's really neat yeah it's one of those that. i need to show you because uh it was put together by the same people who did grand theft auto who oh nice yeah and i'm sure you know who that is so it, it kind of it, at first when it came out it was like oh it's just gonna be grand theft auto in the west um that's but a it's really pretty 
video game. Gorgeous game. I can't even imagine what that's going to look like on, on, on the new generation of, of consoles, but that that is probably one of my favorite games of the last generation. Uh, the story was was amazing and uh, very if, if video games had Oscars that would that would be an, an Oscar winner as far as the writing and the story goes on that one. So That's great. Um, very cool and things done with the story in that game that could solely only be done in a video game to get you emotionally into it. I won't I won't spoil it, but um, things involving his family and getting his, his family back and his, his son and his wife and stuff. So, But that's that's about it that all I have as far as video games go. Obviously, we'll keep you guys posted. We're going to do some more live streams when we get our TV up and running of uh, Laura Croft and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, Faith, I think you have some recommendations for us to wrap it up. Yes, I think the, the big recommendation of the week would be Flight of the Navigator. If you haven't seen that one, or, yeah. if, it's been, or if it's been a while since you've seen it, it's such a great movie. Definitely it really one is. to it's a revisit. Great film. Yeah. yeah, they're supposed to actually be doing a remake of that. Disney has talked about doing a remake of Flight mm-hmm. of the Navigator, so that's kind of holy they ground. Do it before that kid gets sentenced. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't believe it. He, for those of you who don't know, did we already talk about this, yeah, or was this before? Yeah. yeah, we talked about. Was it, it on the podcast? Yes. Though? Okay, well, yeah, I must have had another stroke then. So I thought it was before we started talking. No, it, so. was, it was on. All right, so there's that. I'm all over the place today. And Joe, you were watching a movie today, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Which which one was it? The original or First one. number two? It holds up. 1990s. Like, some of the audio animatronics around the mouth, however they did that, the wording, it actually is Looks still really good. Still really good. Better so, than the CG turtles that they got now. I would say sure. that that's a fun movie to go revisit as well. I'm going to revisit it here in in its entirety shortly. Yes. So yes, so very cool. Well, I think that that just about wraps everything up. As always, please just check out our website, pausepointspodcast.com. It has links to everything: our social media, Facebook. Our Twitter, pause underscore points. You can support us on Patreon if you are so inclined. We would love to take this as far as we can, and we can do that with your support. Yeah, we love we love the the dollar to whatever you guys can give us if uh, if you you want us to keep this thing going and and keep it going as strong as we can. We we've got a couple of conventions coming up here. I think starting the summer and the fall that we really start to make a huge. Uh, we're going to try to to pull and make a huge press presence there. So yes, we'll we'll do that even better. I with, suddenly with feel like we're help. working for PBS. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a telethon here soon, actually. Right. So if you want to come yeah. work the phones for us? <laughs> we'll have our our Bob Ross impersonator there, who's going to teach you. How Which to is paint now a available on Netflix. Yeah, really. Yes, I, I saw that. that. Yes, I I posted that that now uh, Bob Ross is on Netflix and. I just I can't even begin to say how happy and relaxed that makes me. Yes. <laughs> and Bob Ross has always been a really important part of my life. I loved watching him when he was on PBS. I took a couple Bob Ross classes at like the local YMCA. His paints are still available at like the Michaels stores. So he's still around and he's just this great positive person. So if you're having a bad day, just go on Netflix and watch an episode of Bob Ross mm-hmm. painting some happy little that, clouds. That happy, and... Yeah, that happy little <laughs> tree can make you feel just a world better. Yes. Yep. So that would okay. be another great recommendation for us. Um, and also, wherever you found this podcast, please give us a review. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Um, just Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell everyone that you're listening to this podcast. If anybody has a big commute coming up, just say, hey, why don't you listen to a Road Trip? Joe, Faith, trip. and Chad. 
on your way. Yep. So again, thanks so much for listening and keep it paused right here. Do I sound any different? Just a little sexier. (laughs) 